freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode 261 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is one million moms against gun control and our guest is Mary Collison. Mary is a stay-at-home mom, small farm operator, and business owner who devotes her free time to helping run One Million Moms Against Gun Control, as well as volunteering with the DC Project. Mary's sister was a survivor of a brutal home invasion, which has ignited Mary's passion to help others become prepared to protect and to be their own immediate respond responder. Welcome to the show, Miss Mary. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. Well, this is exciting to get to spend some time doing this. We usually have to go all the way to Washington, D.C. as fellow yeah. D.C. project ladies, yeah. right, delegates to get to see each other. So I appreciate you taking time to hop on here and, and let us pick your brain a little bit. Thank you. I'm glad to get to chat with you guys. It's been a while. <laughs> it really has. It has. We yeah. had to miss our D.C. project uh, trip this year because of the stupid COVID, right? Yeah. And so we're in the studio today on Monday, September 28th in 2020, and it is still very much the year 2020. Yeah. So. It can die. <laughs> yeah, <but> the, the, <laughs> 2020 can die. Yes, the COVID's only going to be here for another, what, month and a half? Oh, yeah, as soon as that election so. is over. Yeah. That's, that's my away. own little prediction. I've got my tinfoil hat on firm. I know. And <laughs> yeah. So. Between that or, or civil unrest, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised who, you know, Godzilla walked in my yard right now. 2020 it is. It's just whatever. <laughs> don't invoke that. Don't, don't speak that into existence. It is the year 2020. Were you yes. not listening? <laughs> yeah. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> oh, man. Craziness. All right. So. As Danny was saying in uh, the opener, your group is titled One Million Moms Against yes. Gun Control. I mean, that is the key right there. And that yeah. we don't want to lose sight of that because, you know, there's this other group out there who are, you know, demanding some unnamed yes. action, trying to act like they speak for every one of us women who are moms. You and sounded a little bit like Will Shatner when you said that. <laughs> Will Shatner. <laughs> She's invoking she? William Shatner this morning. <laughs> there, you know, that's, that's a, new, a new one. So thank you, 2020, for that. Um, <laughs> talk to us about uh, why you started this organization and what you've developed into, you know, what, what is the, the mission that you're living sure. out? 
So actually, it was founded in 2013. Um, I did not create it. It was actually founded by Heather Marchese. Um, and how I got involved in it was after watching Obama basically uh, parade the survivors and such of the Newtown shooting, and then having seeing Moms Demand and, and Shannon Watts on there saying she spoke for every mother and how could we let this happen and how can we these weapons and I just I, I stopped like no this is not this she's not speaking for me this was this was an individual who's he he needs to be held responsible for his own actions this is not on every gun owner of America you know and so I went online and I was looking for basically something to counter or join in this protest against her and I happened upon One Million Moms Against Gun Control and it was created um, literally in the opposition to Shannon Watts group who at that time was One Million Moms for Gun Control and obviously they have since changed their names a few times, rolled in other things and all that. Um, but I started getting involved with that just because I wanted my voice heard as a mom. I was never an activist. I was never a um, you know, this uh, a crazy gun toter that they like to say we are, but I found that my rights were starting to be impeded. And I thought, hey, wait a second, this isn't cool. This is not what our founders wanted. And so I joined up and started to like travel and go to the NRA shows. Camera, and then so we, myself and Rebecca, who you had earlier, um, ended up kind of taking over and running the show about two years ago or so. And we've kind of taken a step back from necessarily going against Moms Demand. And in terms of what we're trying to become is more of a liaison for gun owners. We're trying to help bring cohesion to the gun world, which obviously every day you go on in different, different groups and you can see just how divided gun owners really are on small things. Whereas the anti-gun side is pretty darn cohesive on their arguments. So if we don't start coming together, we're going to tear ourselves apart. We don't need the anti-gun side to do that. So we're trying to get out everybody's message that are um, other states that have certain rallies or things going on. We're trying to connect people within the gun world. So we have a large platform, which Facebook has been trying to dismantle, um, and, and just trying to bring people together as best we can and have a re be a resource for people uh, to make those connections. So ladies in one state, let me get you involved with what, what's great is the DC project with that, the interconnection of knowing ladies in each state that are running ranges, that are running ladies, um, you know, education days on this. So it really kind of an education resource for people and especially women. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And very well said. And, you know, isn't it frustrating for us though, that, you know, we love that uh, there is that independent mindedness that kind of runs through so many of us who are, you know, understand that we're our own in immediate responders and that kind of thing. Right. But that independent mindedness is what causes us to kind of like bicker and have that sibling rivalry. And it's right. harder to invite the new, these yes. millions of brand new first time gun owners, because they're probably standing back going, okay, <laughs> I'm not going into that Thanksgiving table. No, yes. no, no, I'll just wait till y'all like settle down and yes. then maybe I'll think. And so it, it is like a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, I think, you know. Right. So it is. But, and, and watching, we ran a late <coughs> range day last weekend while Rebecca was in town and 
even just with that, we posted, we had several women that were just really excited to be able to learn about firearms. They're not going to have a perfect stance. They're not going to have the correct hand, you know, holding it for the grips and all that. We're working on them. It's, it's a step-by-step -step process. You don't just jump in and know things. And even posting that within our gun, you know, our gun groups, you still have naysayers and it's insane. And we're volunteers. We, we don't get paid for this. You know, we're real grassroots because we really believe in arming women and, and everybody that, you know, we need to be able to defend ourselves. And we believe that so much. We will give our time and everything else to help women. Yeah. But man, sure makes it hard on those days when they're like, well, you don't have this right. And you're like, uh, well, you didn't see the whole picture. Maybe ask us. <laughs> Well, it's you like, know, do it's, they it's, stand at the, the doorway of a kindergarten and, and, you know, tell the kids that are brand new learning, you know, the alphabet and stuff? Right? How stupid are you? You don't know the alphabet. Dante's Inferno by now. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, it's like, come on. We've got to, you know, everybody has a, a first day at something. Let's yes, offer yes. a little bit of grace as we're Right. And, and, and kindness. It was, you know, yeah. their, their caps lock yelling at us like, you didn't do it right. And it's like, ma'am. <laughs> we're really trying to help people you know what you run your range days then how you see fit but maybe just message us so that's the hard part about this is watching and seeing so many gun owners attack each other for for even just doing good or trying to do good so then we get the nice messages of encouragement and it keeps you going but whoo <laughs> yeah, well you sure. know what mary i think that's a lot of the old guard i think yeah. the the older people that are, are going, oh, if you don't do it this way, it's not right. right. It is, it oh. is, it is bad. <laughs> I hope but it's what, the old guard and well, we have a yeah. new crop of people that are going right. to. New, new people. But you know aye, what, aye. what's cool is that, you know, the million, uh, the moms against guns. Okay. They are, um, they kind of did a cool thing when they tell all the women in America that they should be against guns and telling them they should, it makes people like you get up and say, Hey, wait a minute. I'm not one yeah. of them. And because if they right. wouldn't have said that statement to you, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. No, I wouldn't have met the people I have. I wouldn't have gotten involved because that's just not, I, I'm a fighter, but I would not have necessarily gotten involved or, or went and looked for that. So yeah. So thank you, Shannon, for <laughs> prompting. Right, so uh, in August of 2015, so this is after you had already, you know, kind of found the 1 million mm -hmm. moms against gun control. Yes. Um, your sister, and this is just, just horrible. It just hurts my heart every time I think about it. Melissa Schuster, she survived a brutal home invasion. One of those things that, you know, the naysayers would say, well, it's so rare. It never happens. There's no reason that you need to have self-protection in your home because home invasions don't happen. Well, yes, they do. And you and your family and your poor sister um, are survivors of that. And, and I know that she has, from having met her, she's just an yeah. amazing human being and that she is, she was a victim of another human's actions, but she yeah. has a survivor's and a warrior's mindset. Yes. And I just give her just so much credit yeah. and she's an inspiration to me. So, you know, can you kind of talk us through that and tell us how she's doing today? Sure. Yeah, that was, um, the, the weird thing about that morning, um, and again, it goes along with caring and, and what we always preach to women is carry, carry all the time, right? Well, before her incident, 
um, I would carry depending on where I went to because the mindset wasn't, hey, I might come across a bad guy today. I'm going to grandma's house, you know, because it was on my mom's, I was on our mom's birthday. And so I literally had pulled out of my driveway. I stopped in the middle of the street. and I'm like, I don't have my firearm, but I'm like, I'm running late. I've just got to go. It was rainy and traffic was going to be horrible. I was heading towards Chicago area. And so I drove. And I literally passed by, I had to take a back road because our main interstate was backed up. And I took the back road that went past my parents' home and, or their street, I should say. And so literally I'm telling my boys to wave at grandma's water tower. And my sister is down the road fighting for her life against a man that wanted to kill her. And I remember just pulling up to, uh, stopped at McDonald's, called my mom, asked if she wanted coffee. And I was like, okay, I'll be right there. We're so excited. And I start to pull up in front of my grandma's house where we were uh, meeting to celebrate. And my sister about hit my car and said, Melissa's been stabbed. And I looked at her and I said, you know, it was like that. It took your brain a second to go, what? What do you mean stabbed? Did she like cut herself? You know, you're not thinking bad guy, break in the house, stabs your sister. And so she said it again. I like pulled up, picked up my parents. They were running down the driveway and we got to the hospital as fast as we could. Um, I we didn't know if she had survived. We had no idea what was going on. Um, your brain shuts down in a weird, like you're in a focus, like get there, don't know what's happening. Um, I finally went in and saw her about maybe two hours after they had gotten her there because the detectives had to come through. The process is insane. Um, I didn't want to see her before she was cleaned up because I was very afraid of what I was going to see. I've seen enough, uh, you know, news things. We watched so much ID channel. We, it's crazy. And when I finally went in there and I looked at her and this is the moment that I like when women, what, what I saw on that ER bed, I will never, never leave. It's like burned into my mind. It was the craziest sight because it was unreal. And if I tell people, I said, what that guy did to her, if she hadn't survived it, I don't think I would have been able to identify my sister. Wow. It was that bad. It was, I, I just, when I, when I get passionate about it now, it's because I have seen what evil has done to someone. And it is brutal. It is horrifying. It is the thing of nightmares. Mm -hmm. And her face and, and her, when she spoke, because everything, you know, it, it, it was unbelievable. Her first thing was almost like kindness, like, is everybody okay? She was concerned about everybody else. And, you know, and they're my parents' little dog. And her whole time through this has been amazing. I'm, I've never, I, it just floors me. But um, it was, it, we never know when something's going to happen. And so from that point on, I carry and carry everywhere I can it, because you just, you don't know when you're going to meet somebody that's going to want to kill you for whatever reason. And now look at the political atmosphere and what's happening I won't take my kids to major cities. I won't take them to other places because of the fact that there are so many people out there that are willing to take my life or hurt my children because of, you know, X, Y, Z, what I believe, what I am, et cetera. And um, I just, women just need to know that they have to be responsible for the safety, that they have to take that seriously. You don't get to pick the time and place of an attack. It's going to happen when it's going to happen and you better be prepared one way or the other. So she is recovering very well. She's actually getting married next March and we are so yes. excited for her. Um, and of course, as Cheryl had said, you know, she'd gone to DC with us. She is speaking 
Um, she's talked to uh, legislators on this. She shared her story. When she left the hospital a week later, um, I watched the media personnel. We're talking Chicagoland main media. Some of them were in tears because they do not see the type of person Melissa was after this attack come out and speak with such grace and poise and matter of factness to this. <clears throat> and they were just like, they were floored. And they never usually release the names of uh, uh, victims, especially of a sexual assault, as she was sexually assaulted. Um, and they, they just were floored. It was so weird. We're hoping that so many other women through her story, no matter how bad it was, uh, were able to come forward and maybe start living life or seek counsel and say, I'm taking back my life. She did it after such a bad thing. I can do it too. And so that is the other thing we're really passionate about. Share that story share her survival because there's way too many women out there and even men that have gone through something like this and, and their lives are ruined. And she's a testament to you can go on, you can keep living and you can learn from that and you can get yourself armed and prepared. And that is what she did when she got in the right mindset. You know, that's the big thing as we talked about before mindset and carry and mindset after all of this. And that's something that people in the gun world, should probably understand as well, especially if you're talking with victims, is that person has to be in the correct mindset to carry. They don't just go get a gun just because, you know, what they've gone through. They have to be able to do it in the correct manner so that they don't hurt somebody else or, you know, PTSD being a very real thing, hurt a family member or something in, in an episode or whatnot. So it's a, it's a multifaceted thing when we're talking with people about it, but she's doing, she's fantastic. I am floored as the big sister. I'm supposed to be the big protector and I'm watching her just, it's unbelievable. She's doing fantastic. <laughs> well, well, Mary, awesome I, I would be curious to see what the mothers for gun control would say to her today. What would they I say? I would too, because I've mentioned it many times on Twitter when I'm talking with them and it's, it's always like, well, I'm so sorry, but, and mm -hmm. it's like, no, there should be no, but. You should be able to protect yourself. They don't want them to be able to protect themselves. They don't want victims, you know, look at Shana Watts record with her own daughter's sexual assault, you know, not even reporting it. So that's leaving people out there to be victimized yet again. And so they're, they're not real kind about it. I should say, <laughs> at least yeah. the ones I've come across. <laughs> well, good for your sister. That's, yes. that's awesome. And, you know, we've interviewed several people through the couple of years, you know, the years that we've been doing this show and, it's sad to see that a person has to become a victim before they understand. But I don't know if that's your case with your sister, but you know, it's sad because they, there's people that have been on the other side of the fence, become a victim and then join our side. Right. Because, you know, it's common sense that we right. need, we were born to protect ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, well, it was crazy because um, we, we didn't grow up in a huge like gun household. My dad would go shooting, you know, we weren't like a hunting family or anything, um, but we weren't not, pro-gun, I should say. Um, right. It just wasn't a huge focus. But, uh, and my mom would actually giggle, like, I would go to their house armed, and she'd be like, why are you, why are you here, like, with your gun on? And now she gets it. Um, so it took a lot of that. But two weeks prior to Melissa's attack, we sat on this very stairs that the, the monster dragged her up uh, in my parents' home, and I said, hey, you know, we really should go to, let's think for the course itself, obviously, which could run uh, about 75, depending on where you take it, up to three to $400. And then obviously buying a firearm. And, you know, some firearms are very costly and you want some, you don't want a quality one. You don't want necessarily a lower grade, but you want a decent firearm that's not going to fail on you. 
And so a lot of those came into play. She was living at my parents' home. She was still paying for college. So she had several bills. So a lot of it came down to money. And that's mm-hmm. the other problem is our government is basically taxing uh, everybody that needs a firearm out of it because of all the heavy legislation in terms of getting licenses and getting, you know, you got to have this here. We have to have two licenses. We got to have a FOID card and a concealed carry card if we're going to carry. And it's ridiculous. So they're taxing people out of it. They, they, people can't yep. afford it. And many of the people that need it the most. So yeah. we talked about it, but we didn't get it done. And that is where my, I have nightmares about that because we just talked about it and then that happened and I'm sitting there going, you know, if I had just done X, Y, Z, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Maybe she would have been prepared. So that's something that, you know, I think about often, but that again, propels me to tell as many women as possible about it. So, you know, because again, you don't know, you don't know. So you don't, I mean, she wasn't in a bad part of town. She wasn't out late being, you know, carousing. She was, she was at home and then, you know, one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Crazy. And so you, you talk about, you know, that preparedness mindset, that, um, situational awareness, the avoidance of saying, look, I, I see what's going on in the, some of these major cities right now with the political unrest, the civil unrest, all this sort of thing. I am choosing to avoid that and, and just not put me and my family in that place. And there's even people out there that would throw, you know, verbal rocks at you over that, like you're being paranoid. And it's like, well, you know what? Be that as it may, right? right. To make the decisions that feel right for me. And I could still have a madman show up at the door of my home, but at least I haven't gone to a place where already, you know, I've had opportunity to see that it's, it's just nutty, crazy time. Um, you were one of the faces that got to grace the cover of none other than <laughs> Time Magazine. That is such an uh, amazing thing. Tell us how that all came about. <laughs> that was actually, that was really cool. Actually, that was thanks to Diana, um, <clears throat> because it was not only myself, but so many other DC Project ladies that were uh, emailed and said, hey, can you make it to, I think it was uh, St. Louis, Houston or down in Texas, um, DC, and I think that might have been the only three, three or four. And she goes, uh, How far are you from St. Louis? I'm like, I think I'm about four hours. And I drive everywhere. I mean, you know, if I'm driving for a sale, I'm going to drive to gun stuff. So <laughs> she goes, Well, there's this happening in Time Magazine's doing interviews, and it's in St. Louis, such and such a date. Can you go there? I'm like, One moment, call my mom. Mom, I need you here. I need you here for the kids when they get home off the bus because I got to drive to St. Louis for an interview. So I got the kids on the bus in the morning. I jumped in my car, drove all the way down there, uh, took place. And the interview was, it was really neat. It was all green screen and it was individual people. Um, We were on the pro-gun day because they did not have pro-gun and anti-gun people because they didn't want any type of uh, incident or arguments, which totally get it. Um, And they took you in and they, they said, hey, here's the microphone, share your story. And it wasn't even an interview. It was very much like, uh, like what I'm, you know, sharing Melissa's story you know, from when I started into all that, and then they aired it, and the whole project was done by this guy, uh, artist JR, and it was, he's done some beautiful murals, and it was really done beautifully. He put this together in such a very tasteful way to show not only pro-gun, you know, but the anti-gun side um, in the mural, 
And if you go to, I believe it's uh, Guns in America, if you go to Time Magazine, Guns in America, you can Google it. You can, you can pick and choose people. You can pick on a uh, picture. It's all active. It's very neat. Um, but he did it in a way that was not like showing gun owners, like shooting, you know what I mean? Like you were very aware of how some anti-gunners see us and the negative light it could cast. And it was done very tastefully. And the really neat thing too was you could listen, not necessarily you had Shannon Watts on here, you had Alyssa Milano and hers was like, do it for the children. And that was about it. Um, but you could listen to the anti-gun or those that were ne not necessarily anti-gun, but were, did not like firearms because of their positions, like EMTs or doctors and stuff. So you could listen in a way that you weren't yelling at each other. You weren't yeah. in the same room. You just sat quietly and could really think, how do I listen to them better? And then how do I communicate with them my side of things and have a productive conversation? So it was beautifully done. It was so fair to both sides. Um, it, it was really neat. And obviously Time Magazine is not necessarily the, the pro-gun publication, but it, it was a very well done article and, and mural and everything. So very cool. I learned a little bit. I went to Chicago, met up with Rhonda Azell. Uh, we, they had a showing there. So they had the mural and you were able to talk with people. So we did with some great conversations with uh, the anti-gun side. So it really started a great conversation. That's really it. It was fantastic. You're also at the Cody Museum. Yes. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> that was really cool. It was very neat to see that. They have an entire wall that has yes. that that huge photograph with all those hundreds of really some neat. faces. Really yeah. Including yeah, yours. I got to be, I was like, I got the magazine there here. There it I is. Like, I am I'm right here on the cover. <laughs> so cool. That's awesome. That was cool. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. One of those like once in a lifetime things. It's yeah. about time. Yeah, about time. I see what you did there. About <laughs> time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I do want to talk about the DC project. You mentioned uh, Rebecca Shamoy earlier in what we were talking about, that she came out and helped you with some training. Diana Muller, who is our, our founder of the DC project. Rhonda Azell, who is the, the lead plaintiff on um, Azell versus Chicago, um, which is about trying to, to make it legal to have gun ranges. Yes. Legal to have gun ranges in Chicago. It is so crazy. Still um, not done. <laughs> which, you know, and that is about people being safe and proficient, yeah. right? I mean, how yeah. is this Training. a hot button issue? Yeah. Um, but how did you, what was your pathway into discovering the DC project and, and becoming a, a delegate? Yeah. So uh, it was NRA and I believe it was Dallas, I believe. And a mutual friend of ours, Buell Collins, um, he goes, I need to introduce you to a friend of mine and you need to share your sister's story with her. So Melissa was with us there and he brought us over and we met Diane and everything and shared the story. And uh, Gabby Franco was standing there too. So we were all talking together and uh, we just, she's like, you need to go to DC. And I'm sitting there going, what? You know, Melissa's like, huh? You know, it, it was kind of like, what do you mean we got to go to DC? What are we doing DC? You know? And um, she goes, no, this is what we're doing in a few weeks. Uh, I forgot which day, which time that was. Uh, but it was really like a short time, maybe a month after NRA. And we said, okay. And I think Melissa could not make it, but I was able to go. So that was the first time I went and uh, was kind of like, wow, this is really intimidating. Because I, I never really understood the process, which most people don't. 
of our legislators, you know, your house, your Senate, the connections, and you forget from school, you know, and doing your constitution tests and understanding who's got what, you, you really forget a lot of how our government works. And so it really became a process of going there going, I don't know this stuff, but I really yes. should. Yes. And then, um, you know, learning more about that and, and making those meetings with our legislators. I have a mostly to a federal representative for my district here. Um, he has some, he has a few things that we need to discuss next time I see him because I, I'm not sure on his stance on these extended magazines. <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning some of his statements lately. Um, but yeah, I mean, making the meetings and getting in there with them, it was, it was really neat. It was a, a process to really uh, go, oh, okay, I got to learn more. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. It was fantastic. It's, it's truly wonderful. And, you know, the fact that so many of us don't know how our government works yes. and can't remember from school or maybe never even learned, it's apparent if you look yes. at where we are. And I am one of those. I am, I am learning as I go. But I have to, I've been doing a Thursday night, Thursdays for 2A with my okay. daughter Cassie and I to talk about the state chapter for the DC project. And my uh, PR lady, Kim Bishop, came up with these for me. And she says, okay, so most most meetings that our yes. legislators go into, this is what they see. And these are all right. the red shirts of the Moms Demand Action. But then this is who we are. Yes. This is the yes. for 2A, the DC Project ladies. Yes. And there is just a sea of teal here. And we are women yep. from every background, every um, race and color and creed and socioeconomic yes. background. And it's just a wonderful mix of people who... We might disagree on a bunch of other stuff, but what we do agree on is what our, our Bill of Rights is about in our Second Amendment, and I'm just so proud to be a part of that. And for the people that are just listening and don't have, you know, they're not watching on YouTube or whatever, I'm holding up a, a photo of, um, I mean, I don't know how many women are here, but it is just- It was a lot. <laughs> of ladies that met together with the DC project, all wearing our teal shirts. And it is a thing to behold. It's a thing of beauty. Um, but I had to brag on that for a minute. Um, <laughs> so you are also one of the uh, invited speakers for a big event this year. It is the 2020 2A rally that was going to be held in DC on the Capitol lawn. It was last year. This is the second annual. And this year, because did we already mention COVID mm -hmm. and other craziness of 2020, <laughs> we have had to pivot like so many events and we've, we've gone virtual with it. And, um, and I say that's a plus because where some people might throw their hands up and go, oh, well, well, we can't do it. We're like, all right, we can, let's figure out how, um, what do you say to people who think that rallies are only a way to, you know, preach to people that already believe the same way you do, preaching to the choir? So I look at any type of pro-gun get-together, whether it's a rally, whether it's NRA. I, I'm not there to change legislators' minds. I'm not there to change anti-gunners' minds. I'm there to get encouragement. And I think uh, with missing out so much this year, it took the wind out of my own sails. Mm. Um, and so with my view of this rally, and I think I shared it on, uh, I mentioned it on Rob Pincus's page. There was a guy that had said, you know, oh, you should have moved it to such and such. And it's like, well, this is an opportunity for so many more people to, to come together online, unfortunately online, but it is what it is. And, and in your pajamas, with your favorite beverage, who knows what, whatever you can do in your own home. Um, 
but to come together as like a cohesive group and to get that encouragement, to get that like refreshment mm. and hearing, you know, so, so what if you think it sounds like an echo chamber, my discussing like my sister's case or somebody else discussing what's going on may prompt somebody else to go into action then and go into your legislator's office, go and have these discussions with those anti-gun friends in your life or family. Um, it's not so much for the anti-gun right now. It's for us. It's for us together as gun owners to be refreshed, to come together, new ideas, maybe to speak in a different way or to maybe word something a little differently and say, oh man, I should have tried that, you know, the next time I'm in a discussion. So it's, it's for us. It's, it's to help each other and encourage each other and to hear each other and go, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll try that next time. Or, you know, mine might prompt other women or somebody that's a, the pro gunner to really step out and go, you know what? What if that happened to my aunt, grandma, et cetera? And then they had a real serious conversation about it. So that's how I view it. I, I look at it as that refreshment and that coming together of, of like-minded people to then go out and, and do that work afterwards. Oh, for sure. For sure that. And I know for a fact that the rally last year, it encouraged at least three new voices to enter into advocacy because awesome. they felt like, you know, these are all amazing things, but there's nobody that's really my voice. Yes. It's really representing who I am. And so they have stepped forward. There's the uh, Latina locked and loaded. Yep. And she came from definitely not a pro gun background. There's uh, actually her husband, the Puerto Rican pistolero. Yes. Yeah. And then Live for Freedom, he actually created uh, the social media two-way rally. Already twice he's done that. And his idea is that on this specific day, which he always chooses a day that's significant to history, okay. this is the day that everybody can be involved. And what you do is you call and write your local, state, yes. and federal legislator and just introduce yourself if nothing else. Yeah. If there's not like a big bill that, that you want to have, you know, some say in pro or con, just right. introduce yourself and say, Hey, I'm one of your constituents. And I just want yep. you to know that, you know, thumbs up on this, or I don't like that you're doing that. Cause that doesn't represent me. And I mean, what an amazing thing. And that was year one. So yes. who knows what's going to happen year two. And, and the, the goal of this is to bring speakers who have a wide diversity and not just, oh, well, let's see how many different shades of skin color we have in the speaker yes. lineup, right? Yeah. But diversity of life experience, right? Yes. Diversity of background and, and thought process. And um, I just think it's a, a tremendous thing. And I think you are just, I, when I saw your name on the list, I, I actually did a happy <laughs> dance. So <laughs> Diana goes, so you want to speak? And I was like, <laughs> okay, hold on. Give me, let me, let me sit and think about that for a second. And then, I, you know, you think about it, you're like, Mary, it's not about you. It's about a message. You can do that. Talk to the people. <laughs> You'll be fine. You can write a speech. <laughs> you're a bit on time magazine. You're big stuff yeah. now. This is, this is a cakewalk after being on time magazine. <laughs> Well, and you know, that's the thing is I always tell people when you are asked to speak, the answer is yes. I mean, yes. just, <laughs> just no, do it. Just step do out of your it. comfort zone and do it. You don't know who you're going to inspire or help to step out of their comfort zone and box and do it as well. So 
Exactly. Gotta do it. Exactly. <laughs> now it's time to talk about fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, so you have a farm. Yes. Yes. Got any, got any new baby goats or anything uh, like that? What's we, the update? We will. What is it? Going to be October? Let's see, October, November. I think November, December. I think. Um, I think our Hercules. He's our big daddy goat. I think he got some early. So we'll see. We had triplets born uh, a little over a month ago. And oh, so wow. far, knocking wood again, because I say it and then like something around here dies. Um, <laughs> we, they're it's doing far, well, I swear. You know, I circle swear of life. I, I'm like, I have to literally say I don't like you. Because if I say I like them, right, tell somebody, it's like, oh, that chicken died or, oh, dang it, that hat. Oh. It's, there's never a dull moment on the farm. I tell people, I'm homeschooling my kids this year, by the way, too. I tell people, I hug animals, I play store, and I sometimes parent. <laughs> That's my, that's my life here. But uh, yeah, with four horses, 23 goats, 23 too many goats? chickens, yeah, 23 goats. We had 17 babies born this year. Wow. My husband was at the academy and gone. So here I am like, you know, birthing, helping birth goats and revive goats. And we lost seven of them. So that's the mm. tough part of this. Mm. Um, but hugging goats is like the best endorphin, like happy drug ever. So when people come out to the farm or come to the shop or whatnot, I'm like, you need to hug a baby goat. It'll give you a smile. Your day will be better. Everybody needs to hug a goat. But do you <laughs> Maybe that would make people more happy if they just hugged goats. <laughs> Seriously. Let's just take them into these inner cities where there's so yes. much unrest and just, yes. maybe we'll just see everybody go, oh, I think we need more of goat. that. I, you know, after this year and everything that's happened, I'm like, again, wind out of the sails. It's like, how... How do we make somebody smile at this point? Because somebody needs some happy. <laughs> yes. Well, it's so, so it's funny fun. to me that, that you've got the goat report because um, Cam Edwards, you know, yeah. the Cam Edwards. <laughs> yes. Of uh, Cam and company used to be on NRA TV when NRA TV was a thing. It, he and his wife, I think their blog or their vlog is 40, 40 Acres and pool. a Fool. Yep. And they've always got the, the goat update, the baby goat yep. update. So it's like, man, I, I think we need some baby goats. I would have goats. I know you, you should. Would. They're like, they're like I dogs. I swear. Oh. I swear. I, they're like little dogs that just bleat. <laughs> I, they used to have them at Disneyland yes. and we would oh, go and them. I would just spend whatever time I Way could too do. much time. It's like, yeah, yes. but we got grandbabies, honey. Yeah, got, I know. I know. That's just, like, everybody has to like, you can have any more kids? I'm like, yeah, I have like 17 a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see what you did there that's uh -huh. awesome. all right well we've got to get out of here uh miss mary please tell folks how they can follow all of the awesome work that you do and including baby goat pictures which just make everybody's oh, my goodness. come down yes so our um our main website is one mmagc.org so you can go there follow pictures of whatever we're doing or news and interv uh, interviews and all that um, you can go on Instagram, Twitter. We're kind of slow on. It's so much to keep up with all this, but, uh, one MMAGC on Instagram. Uh, mine is Mary Collison, one MMAGC, Illinois. Um, and then of course the DC project, DC project.info for getting involved in stuff. So I think I covered them all. <laughs> I think you did. And we have your guest page on gunfreedomradio.com. So people can click on there and awesome. that's an easy way to reach out to you. But thank you so much for all that you do. It's, it's so important <laughs> and you just do it with, uh, you know, just an infectiousness of, of fun. grace and fun. And, you know, you're just not that 
that average uh, stereotype of, you know, the gun owner. And <laughs> oh, no, I'm I, not. <laughs> right? And I think that that people like you and I, we really challenge that paradigm. And I think we, we really love it. So We do. I don't <laughs> so. think we can live without it now. My husband's like, ugh. <laughs> I'm like, no, but seriously. honey, this is my duty. I'm not in the military police like you. So this is my duty. <laughs> there you go. And baby goes. All right. And we, baby goes. We got to go. Thank you, Miss Mary. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mary Callison. Collison. Collison. That was fun. Oh, my goodness. That was, she's a blast. She should have had a goat on the show. I know, seriously. Just have one, like, hop up on the table or something. So, okay, well. You're doing good work. And, you know, it's it's really neat that, uh, you know, the million mothers for guns, gun control, put a stab out there and said, all women, all women want to save the children and save, get rid of all the guns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, we do all want to save the children. I don't and think that, there's anything. See, that's the thing. That's the, and I, I wrote that down. I was going to say something to her that, you know, when she said that one actress, what was the name of the Melissa, actress? What's her name? Melissa, isn't it? Whatever her name yeah. is, the actress, right? She always shows up at the the confirmation hearings and, you know, all these political things. And, you know, she says, do it for the children. It's like, yeah, that is why I'm armed, right? Right. To protect my grandbabies, protect my daughter, protect myself, because just like on the airplane, what do they tell us on the airplane, babe? Oxygen mask. Put your clothes back on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what they tell you. They do. We haven't flown together recently. Is there something you need to tell? I don't know. Southwest is okay. Is there a YouTube video of you out there somewhere? (laughs) Have you gone viral? No, they say put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Oh, that. Why is that? Because if we aren't keeping ourselves safe and alive, then we are no good. We're actually becoming a liability. If you pass out, how are you going to put one on your the kids? Exactly. And if we become a liability, right? Or uh, you know, because if we become injured or God forbid dead then not only can we not help those around us, our children, our grandchildren, our husband, whoever it may be, but now they can't focus on caring for themselves and making themselves safe because now they've got to deal with, you know, what happened to us. So, you know, It's extremely weak to say, do it to save the children because it's, it's not really, I mean, we had a guy that was uh, trying to do a red for ed thing here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And when I, told him that I didn't want to give money to Red for Ed because I think the money is used in the wrong places mm-hmm. and I, they need to clean house first. Mm-hmm. He said, don't you care about the children? And I just wanted to, well, I'm not going to tell you what I wanted to do, but it's like, yes, I care about the children. I, that's why they did this thing well, already. I want you to clean house right, and spend your money more appropriately so that more money is getting to the classrooms. Because right. they use so, that money for administrative and it needs to be, you know, we're just, you know what, it's like my house. I can spend X amount of dollars mm-hmm. because X amount of dollars come in. If government was taught to do that, we wouldn't have these issues. Yeah, but they have all of us. Right. Their own they just, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. That they can just fleece us with just one more penny but it's for the children it's just a penny everything's for the children for the children right so and that's wrong i mean i'm sorry it's we we have to clean house first yeah so anyway that's that's what i think all right 
Well, then we'll end there. And we will thank our awesome listeners, even those of you who probably are in the education biz and maybe we just upset with what no, we said. But shouldn't upset you. We should be able to have these nice little talks. Tell me where I'm wrong. I think the money is going too much to the administrative and not enough to the kids. Exactly. You tell me I'm wrong. At least here in the state of Arizona. So, right. yeah. Um, and love that's the teachers. Thing Don't is, we love teachers? Oh, my goodness. Do right. we ever? Well, I mean, I think, especially I, right now, do we ever? Right. Because I've been trying to homeschool our five, right. six-year-old uh, granddaughter for the past several months. It's, I want the teachers to get more hard. money. And then I see her, even with this very imperfect tool of this online learning thing um that you know teachers have skills they've been taught skills and they have tools at their disposal that i don't right. have i could learn them probably but i don't have them and i see our, our granddaughter blossoming in ways that she wasn't under my tutelage um your what tutelage is that a real word it's a real word i like that word. Well, don't i use that tutelage i was tutelaging around today <laughs> not like that oh. and um so yes we value we yes. love our teachers yeah. but and i think don't... the teachers should get more money i think they should get more resources right. i really do and right. so yes and and what i see is that you know the political machine is shoving the teachers forward and making the teachers sort of be these you know frontline reaching out We're to collectors their, for money yeah reaching out to their neighbors and guilting their friends and all of that well it's for the children and it's only a penny and it's like i just don't have any respect for that especially when you haven't cleaned your own house and we as business owners we have to do that we have to live within the money that we can earn uh and we have to give the best product and the best service and all of that so we just always look for that when somebody else is wanting to reach into our already limited supply of finances and ask for just one penny more so we got so to wait on. so the million dollar march the million dollar the million women for gun control they use that tool by saying every woman wants to protect the children and yes, so, so every, we so just want to do it in but, a different way than you, but you get people like are, Mary and we are limiting you with our vote. Right. We're saying, you know, go back to the bill of rights, which is shall not be infringed. We all have the ability to protect ourselves how we see fit. So we aren't trying to limit those ladies, but they are trying to limit us and cause us to have to ask permission. But you get Mary, women like Mary that go, wait a minute, I care about the children. Mm -hmm. And I also care about my gun rights. And how dare you do that? So, exactly. but they use that as a guilt thing. Yeah, if you're not part of protecting the children, mm -hmm. then you must be a children hater. Yeah. But the problem, so that's what they're doing. They take the weakest thing mm -hmm. that, that what we feel strongest about. Everybody wants to protect the kids. They use that as a tool to get you on their side. They do. And it's All time right. to pray. You know what? We're going to pray for the teachers Maybe out there today. we didn't thank Mary. We did thank Mary. Did we thank Mary? No, we didn't. Call Do us we? Mary, we thank you. Okay. Now we can pray. We pray for the teachers out there. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We pray for law enforcement, first yeah. responders. Mm -hmm. We pray for this nation. Yeah, we do. And we pray for... Our leaders, our representatives, yeah. the people who are placed in a position of responsibility. And oh, not the ones that are in royalty, though. Not 
position of royalty. But we pray for all of them. I guess we even pray for the kings and queens of England. Even the ones we don't like. Yes. Especially like the ones we don't like. Be okay. good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.